Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include the bank population in the United States, my interview with NerdWallet's Kate Wood on housing market supply and advice for potential home buyers, and the soft landing scenario is alive and well. Today's podcast is brought to you by Encino, makers of the Encino Mortgage Suite for the modern mortgage lender. Encino Mortgage Suites, three core products, Encino Mortgage, Encino Incentive Compensation, and Encino Mortgage Analytics unite the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process. See how Encino can support a homeownership journey that your borrowers and your team will love at Encino.com. Since its all-time high of 30,456 in 1921, the bank population in the United States has declined to just over 4,000, which is a decline of about 86%. Thousands of residential lenders hope they're not involved in the same trend. I mention this because, speaking of numerical trends, the United States is producing more oil than any country has ever produced in the history of the world. 13 million barrels per day. It's been economically punishing for the countries in OPEC+, plus, which has seen its global market share drop to a new low of 48%. This is an interesting issue when it comes to inflation, which helps drive mortgage rates, and will be a very interesting issue in the next eight months when it is expected that two octogenarians will be vying for the top job in this country. And what's been a large driver of rates in this country? Yes, inflation. The Fed has been preaching patience from markets when it comes to enacting rate cuts, a sentiment that was further bolstered yesterday after the central bank's preferred price gauge rose in January at the fastest pace in almost a year, 2.4% year-over-year, and 0.4% month-over-month compared to a downwardly revised 0.1% increase in December. The core rate increased 2.8% year-over-year. Personal income rose by 1.0% in January, which was also much higher than expected, driven primarily by growth in the annual cost-of-living increase in Social Security. Fed policymakers took the data in stride, repeating that easing can begin in the summer and there's room to be patient. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show NerdWallet's Kate Wood to talk about housing market supply and advice for potential home buyers. Kate Wood is the lead writer on home buying, mortgages, and home ownership at NerdWallet. Prior to joining NerdWallet, she wrote about home remodeling, decor, and maintenance for this old house magazine. Today's discussion, I want to center around housing supply, and we'll start by talking about the overall supply in the housing market, or lack thereof. Can you give a high-level overview of what's going on and the challenges potential home buyers are facing? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's so we're in 2024, it's a new year, uh, but it's kind of the same old story. There is just not enough supply to meet the demand. Uh, you know, housing inventory is a longstanding problem, but the supply of existing homes has really been constrained over the past couple of years because we have so many homeowners who bought or refinanced when rates were at record lows in 2020 and 2021, and now they're unwilling or in some cases unable to sell, right? These folks generally have really affordable mortgages and then are now looking at going to a more expensive home, possibly at a you know mortgage rate that's more than double uh, what they're currently paying. And you know, new construction could potentially help fill that deficit of homes. Homes, excuse me. Let's just start that sentence over. Yeah, no problem. So 
new construction could potentially help fill that deficit of homes for sale. Periodically, there's a lot of optimism that that could happen. But for you know that to be the case, there are a kind of bunch of variables that need to fall into place. Do you feel like people are wrapping their heads around interest rates probably aren't going back to 3%. And so it's time, like if I can get something under six, maybe it like, let's move or I'm not scared of getting out of my 3% rate to move up a couple percentage points. Are we there at this point? I, I don't know if we're quite there yet, but I do think that this sort of like golden handcuffs idea with interest rates is getting a little bit better um, because rather than, right, so it's that uh, behavioral economics idea of um, like anchoring, right? So it's like, you know, if you look at a price tag, you see the number all the way on the left and kind of stick with that and ignore all those nines, you know, so similarly, it's like, oh, you see an interest rate in headlines and you kind of stick with that one. Uh, and so while there definitely is still a lot of temptation and probably a lot of people are still really anchoring around that 3%, you know, or even 2%, the record lows that we saw in like 2020 and 2021, because we had that brief little 8% peak in October, a lot of people I think are starting to shift to anchoring to that, right? And so it's like, oh, if you're like, well, you know, I could get like a 6.9 or like a 6.5 now, if you're comparing that to 8%, that seems better, right? You're making a good deal. If you're comparing it to 3%, it's like, oof, it's double. But if it's like, oh, you know, this is two percentage points lower than uh, what I would have gotten if I'd done it in the fall, it seems pretty good. I agree with you. The demand is there. We, we understand that. And despite this demand, or I should say, but despite this demand, construction of new homes has fallen most recently by 15% in January. We learned that uh, the other week uh, in an economic report. Why is this happening? Why aren't why aren't builders building? Uh, I mean, there are a few uh, different things going on that are kind of stymieing home builders. Uh, one is just that the uh, cost of building supplies really hasn't been resolved since we saw those spikes during the pandemic, right? We were having all those supply chain issues. And, you know, even though those have eased for the most part, thanks to inflation, even though costs have gone down, you are not seeing raw materials even remotely at the prices uh, that you would have seen pre-2020. Labor is also extremely costly. There's been a deficit of workers in construction and in the trades for years. Uh, that's a very longstanding problem. Also, you know, high interest rates affect everyone, right? Builders might not be getting mortgages, but they're getting construction loans, they're getting development loans. These things are costing them more. Um, you know, despite all this, uh, builder sentiment is actually improving. Uh, the most recent, you know, National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index uh, rose in February, right? That's doing uh, pretty well. Builders are cautious, but there is this expectation that, you know, conditions will improve. It probably won't be uh, immediate, though. We're not looking at like a super short-term improvement. There's been a, a shift from multifamily toward single homes, which I found interesting. But are are there shifts that you're seeing in the type of supply hitting the market that you think are worth noting today? Uh, I mean, really, in terms of new construction, the shift from multifamily to single family is the most uh, notable. You know, looking at the January housing starts numbers, uh, we saw a major shift away from multifamily. And, you know, the census defines multifamily as like it's a building with five or more units. So we're not getting into your sort of like duplex, your smaller um, your smaller buildings, right? We're not getting that fine grained. Um, 
But, you know, even though housing starts were down overall in January, they were down like less than 5% for single family homes and down almost 25% for multifamily. That's pretty interesting just because in 2023, multifamily was often kind of the bright spot in the housing supply story, especially for new construction. And now we're seeing this swing backward. And so what we really need to hope for is that if we are seeing a lot of single family construction, that it'll be affordable units. So let's you and I solve the housing crisis together today. And I, I guess I, I'll ask you, we talked about anchoring sure. from its behavioral economic perspective. Mm-hmm. But outside of mortgage rates dropping, since they've actually risen over the course of 2024, unfortunately, what are some ways we could see more supply hitting the market? Uh, I mean, a couple of the things that I mentioned. So if we were to see materials or uh, building supply costs going down, um, that would be a big one. Um, you know, greater availability of labor, more people going into the trades. Uh, I think particularly getting more women into construction, this is a longstanding uh, issue in that field. And that's something that could potentially help alleviate, um, you know, shortages on that end. Um, you know, and then also, you know, not just in terms of existing homes, not just, uh, you know, getting more people to want to move or to want to buy new homes, but also getting people to want to sell. If we could get, um, you know, fewer people hanging on to those homes that have the 3% mortgages and saying, well, I'm going to get a new house, but I'm going to keep this home as an investment property, turn it into a single family rental. That could be just a single family home. Go ahead and sell it. So in addition to more women in construction, I think we need more women in mortgage, more women in housing. And you are the lead writer at NerdWallet when it comes to home buying, mortgages, and home ownership. When you were a little kid, second grade, and teacher said, what do you want to be when you grew up? Do you say, I wanted to, I want to write about home buying and mortgages? What, how did you get into this space? I got into this space um, really in sort of an unexpected way. Uh, I've always been a writer throughout my career, but I have... Uh, you know, written in many different forums and many different formats and on many different topics. I actually started out really once upon a time as a, a beauty editor. So really very little in common with a mortgage or with personal finance. Before I was at NerdWallet, I was at This Old House uh, magazine. And so I was on kind of the other side of housing, very like home ownership uh, and construction focused. So it's been a pretty long and circuitous path. Uh, But if you had asked me, you know, as an adult, uh, do you think that you're going to be, you know, um, just deeply interested in what the Federal Reserve is doing? at all times or, you know, what the treasury department's up to, I would have never imagined that for myself. Well, I'm certainly glad that you've made that switch. And I'm sure to many of your friends out there, even coming from this old house to the other side of things, what you're doing now is of keen interest to them. And you're kind of the expert in the home buying space. So your friends must go to you for advice. My friends go to me for mortgage questions. What advice do you give your friends when it comes to, hey, should I rent? Should I buy? What should I be doing? Uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to to getting in the housing game? Well, really, so in this kind of situation, uh, whether, you know, it's just a normal conversation or I'm cornered at a party, um, what I really try to emphasize is please do not uh, try to time the market, right? Uh, markets do not respond to gravity. They are not rational. Uh, something goes up, it does not mean that it must come down. Really, you know, the right thing to do, the right time to buy, the right time to sell is when it is right for you. Right. And if you are um, 
renting and if being a renter works for you, that's totally fine. Um, you know, buying a home is not a necessary milestone. There's not um, a particular timeline for it, you know, that you really need to be meeting. For people who are homeowners, something that I end up uh, saying a lot is like, no, I do not believe there is going to be a housing crash. <laughs> this is not 2008. We are in an extremely different market. It's a different regulatory atmosphere. Um, you know, nothing is even remotely the same as that. That home that you bought in 2018, 2020, even 2022 genuinely is worth more. You know, congrats on your investment. I could not agree with you more. There's no such thing as timing the market at least when you're trying to get in the the game to build wealth. My friends are optimistic that mortgage rates will come down. But what I say to them is, even if they do, you're going to start seeing bidding wars again, and affordability is not going to increase at all. So when it comes to this, get in sooner rather than later if it's a goal. Kate, I really enjoyed the time. Thank you for talking to me today. No, thank you so much for having me. Yesterday saw the release of a weaker-than-expected Chicago PMI for February and a disappointing pending home sales report, which came in down 4.9% for January. Initial jobless claims for the week ending February 24th increased to 215,000, which is still a relatively low number for this series. Continuing jobless claims for the week ending February 17th increased by 45,000 to 1.905,000,000, which is the highest level for the series since November. It has become more challenging to find a new job right away, which indicates that the labor market is not running as tight as it once was. The four-week moving average for continuing claims of 1.879 million is the highest since December 11, 2021. Today's economic calendar contains no first-tier scheduled market-moving news, but has no fewer than seven Fed speakers scheduled. Go ahead and add in the final February S&P Global Manufacturing PMI, ISM Manufacturing PMI for February, January construction spending, and Michigan sentiment for February. Unemployment data, which is normally released on the first Friday of the month, is next Friday. After the 10-year yield rose 28 basis points in February, we begin March with the 10-year yielding 4.23 after closing yesterday at 4.27%. Agency MBS price is better about me, and the two-year at 4.59%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. When I was a kid, the boys and girls played spin the bottle. If they didn't want to kiss you, they'd have to give you a dollar. By the time I was 12, I owned my own home. Today's podcast is brought to you by Encino, makers of the Encino Mortgage Suite for the modern mortgage lender. Encino Mortgage Suite's three core products, Encino Mortgage, Encino Incentive Compensation, and Encino Mortgage Analytics unite the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process. See how Encino can support a homeownership journey that your borrowers and your team will love at encino.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.